0: bandwidth for security now is provided by AOL Radio at aol.com/podcasting this is security now with Steve Gibson episode 57 for September 14th 2006 virtual pc Security Now is brought to you by Astaro, makers of the Astaro Security Gateway. On the web at www.astaro.com. And by Dell. For this week's specials, visit twit.tv slash Dell. And by Visa. Safer, better money. Life takes Visa. All right, get your tinfoil hats out, everybody. It's uh, time for Security Now. Protect yourself online, and here he is, the king of the tinfoil hats, Mister <laughs> Steve Gibson. Some people accuse you sometimes of that of being too worried about security, but that's your job.
1: Well, and I, you know, we've talked about that too. It's it, the the idea is what what I'm what, what what we're trying to do is not to tell people they need to worry, but to educate people about what they're. Would be to worry about if they wanted to worry. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying, oh,
0: distinction there.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying, oh, no, the sky is falling. I'm saying, okay, well, now see that crack up there, you know, in the sky? Well, keep your eye on that because, you know, if that crack gets any bigger, then maybe you do want to go indoors. That could be a problem down the road yeah well and and for example um you know we we talk about spyware people understand some people aren't victims of it some people are you know repeatedly being buried by this stuff right. so you right. know so certainly there's a a wide spectrum of sentiment and of experience and exposure i mean you know this is a big planet and a, and a, and all kinds of things going on so if nothing else people being appraised of What's happening, I think, is, you know, is our job and, you know, and certainly we have some obligation to put it into context. For example, this is uh, we're recording this just after Patch Tuesday, the second Tuesday of the month where Microsoft releases their their news of, of new problems. And so, you know there were a bunch. Several are critical. So if people aren't running Windows Update, they might want to just go over to the Start menu and, and run it from there to download the latest updates to their copy of Windows and, and feel a little more secure. There was a,
0: a serious office problem this time out.
1: Yeah, and and a couple older problems were revised with new critical ratings. So you know there's there's more to do. Hmm. Hmm. Always more to do.
0: Always more to do. Well, let's uh, let's uh, we've been one of the things we've been doing, and this is not really a scare story. This is actually a kind of a happy story. Is talking about virtualization technology, and we're going to get to our wrap up of virtual uh, virtualization technology. Cover kind of some of the things we haven't mentioned yet. But before we do, I do want to remind you. Uh, that Visa is uh, a sponsor this month on the Twit Network, and we really appreciate their support um, on all of the shows, including security now. Uh, as you know, Visa works very hard to keep your information safe and secure. It's one of the reasons they particularly wanted to be on your podcast, Steve. Uh, they also remind all of you that if you're going to, and it's just, just like what Steve was just saying, you know, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you've got a credit card of any kind, you want to consider a few things to protect yourself. Uh, For instance, pay attention to what's going on with your visa. You want to go online and look at your statement or or look at your paper statement when it comes each month. In fact, do it as often as you can to monitor uh, transactions. Make sure nothing unusual or out of the way is happening. Do sign your visa card on the signature panel. Visa also says if you choose a PIN for your visa card, choose one that's unique, secret, and don't (laughs) write it on anything. Memorize your PIN. And here's an important one. Keep financial information secure. Don't even let family members, friends, or neighbors see it. And shred it before discarding. Most, uh, most information theft doesn't occur online, but in fact occurs in the real world from people finding your, your hard copy and using it. Just uh, some important security tips from the card I recommend you use online. Safer, better money. Life takes Visa virtualization do you want to should we redefine it just so that people who've missed the first the last few podcasts I know what well, we're talking about
1: um, as we've uh, as i promised last week and i think i even mentioned it the week before one of the things that i wanted to do this week was to to address Microsoft's virtual PC offerings, both their virtual PC and their virtual server, because readers had written in saying, "Hey, you know that's free now. Um, how does it compare to the others?" So, so that's going to be the, the the main thrust, and this is essentially our wrap up of the whole virtual machine topic. The we got into this whole virtual machine issue sort of from the well directly from the security aspect because there are many useful applications for for contemporary virtual machine technology and we've we've talked about vmware as being sort of the in many ways the granddaddy the 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 heavyweight of virtualization and then my based on my survey of the industry sandboxy we talked about as a as a much lighter weight solution which allows you to Create application sandbox to to contain things you're doing that may be dangerous and prevent them from making any permanent changes to your system. It's um, actually I got a very nice note from the author of Sandboxy thanking us for our mention and uh, and being really pleased. Apparently, lots of people went over and are exploring you know that possibility. Oh, that's great. So, so just you know to 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 give a a brief. um uh. recap <laughs> recap that's recap. the word i was looking for yeah. a brief a brief recap the the whole concept is that machines are are so powerful now i mean they they actually have you know excess processing power that that are most of the time are not being used unless you're really you know like compressing video or or doing huge database sorts or or something the this excess capacity and the the features in the hardware that that enable the machine to emulate itself you know the the idea being that you could open a window that looks like it's this, this, it's, it's own machine booting and into that window you can install another operating system. So it's an operating system literally running within an operating system sort of nested that way and there are there are many applications for that one of the things that people are beginning to think about since vista is on the horizon microsoft's next generation operating system is well maybe using a virtual machine to install and just poke around at vista rather than you know committing major hardware or a dual going through all the trouble of dual booting and and so forth in order to have that sort of experience so so there's there's the idea of experimenting with operating systems by installing them within a virtual machine where you're not committed in any way to keep it. you could, It's just a nice sort of experimenting containment. Um, and then there's the security side because anything that's done in the virtual machine stays in the virtual machine uh, unless you deliberately take some action in order to make it permanent or or like move a file that you downloaded from the virtual machine environment into your your hosting environment. It's kind of like Las Vegas. What happens in the virtual machine stays in the virtual machine. (laughs) Exactly. That was the, the analogy I was drawing. So what happened in the case of Microsoft is it's interesting because the two major heavyweight Virtual machine technologies uh, are are VMware and Mike, what Microsoft now has called Virtual PC. There are, as we've mentioned, sort of glancingly before. There are other things. There's there's Zen. There's there's something called uh, QMU. Uh, there's Box. There's um, you know many other projects which are sort of um, you know they're 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 often open source projects. They're over on SourceForge. They're typically a small team of of people who are just sort of this is what they want to do they want to experiment with emulating the intel processor on other platforms and so there are processor emulations there are there are you know various sorts of projects uh, at various stages of completion but the in, in my experience they're 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 sort of niche oriented solutions whereas what vmware and what Microsoft now have with Virtual PC are, are much more mainstream. VMware, as as we've talked about before, it began life over on Linux back in in the late 90s. I think 1997. It, it began life over on Linux as a as a virtual machine technology that would allow Linux users to host Windows applications. That is, you know, so you might need one or two apps running Windows, but you're a Linux guy. So the idea was the very first, the very early VMware was was to host Windows on Linux. Well, similarly, the, the lineage of Microsoft's virtual PC, they actually bought all this technology in early 2003 from a company called Connectix. Connectix had the same idea that VMware had but over on the Mac. The idea being that Mac users might need one or two applications running under Windows that I mean it's like that's just causing them a problem. And so so the uh, the original Connectix virtual machine technology was Mac hosted and the so-called guest OS, that is the operating system that was running in the virtual machine, was Windows, and and it, it it evolved VMware and and the Connectix product, and and they called theirs Virtual PC also because that's what it was. It was a virtual PC running in a Mac. They sort of evolved together over the years, and it's interesting Microsoft's. Um, statement at the time they bought connectix was that they were acquiring the virtual machine technology from connectix because they wanted to allow their their legacy server customers to be able to run windows nt apps in server 2003 so of course you know Microsoft Server 2003 was the major server evolution sort of out of of Windows XP from from and also from from Windows um, 2000 server. Then they went to 2003. Well, in doing so, they broke compa- some some aspects of compatibility with their with their even older legacy server platform, which was of course Windows NT NT4. And there were so they recognized well we we need to provide some sort of a operating solution, some sort of a bridge to to for for customers who still have and there are there are legacy applications that were originally written tightly to windows n t, and they won't run in the in the very um uh, recent Windows operating system. It kind of makes sense. If you're
0: writing something like this, you really write, write down to the hardware, and, and you probably make a lot of assumptions about what what's running.
1: Right and well and remember I mean we're talking you know NT is a long time back and it's certainly the case that you know for example customers may have a mission critical application and you know th- that they've been using for 15 years and the company that wrote it's gone I mean you know or is no longer moving it forward yet you know they're locked into this thing I mean they're 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 or it might not not even have been a professional um, formally published product. It might have been, you know, internal corporate IT that wrote some 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 custom applicationware, and it's just much easier for them to like not mess with it, you know, mm-hmm. not have not have to move it off of NT because why would they? Right. So, my, so Microsoft needed some sort of a migration strategy. So their their reason their stated reason for purchasing this virtualization technology from Connectix is they wanted to allow NT4 to run inside a virtual machine on on the new Windows Server 2003 in order to provide that sort of bridge so so what's really interesting is that as connectix's I guess that's how you'd say that. Connectix. <laughs> as, as, c- connectix. Connectix. <laughs> connectix. <laughs> yeah. Connectix is, um, as, their, as their offering evolved, they became very um, OS neutral. They they would, you could run Linux, you could run, you know, like, you know, they, they supported a, a wide range of PC-hosted operating systems, essentially all of them on their platform. Well, as you might imagine microsoft 's not a big fan of people doing anything other than Windows, so one of the things that happened and it's it 's funny as you as you track the evolution over time, Microsoft got it three years ago and moved it through a couple versions. Well, each one is slower than the than the previous one and and they're becoming increasingly non windows os friendly so that today if you install virtual pc you know it it says okay what kind of windows operating system do you want to in, run in this virtual machine that you're going to create and then there is sort of a begrudging other Line at the bottom, <laughs> like, well, if you must run something else, then, you know we really oh, and we don't support it, by the way, but we do have this other line other. that you can use. <laughs> now now, in fairness, this this appears to be nothing really more than marketing, because I found a great site um, it's, it's, it's vpc dot visual win com You gotta pull it up right now, Leo. Okay. While while we're talking, vpc.visualwin.com. You're gonna wait. It, You're gonna wait for me. Well, no. I'm, <laughs> uh, uh, it I'll do it <laughs> um, it's this amazing effort that a whole bunch of people have gone through to to list the compatibility of OS's. Operating oh, inside cool. a virtual PC. Look at the list. It's it's fourteen hundred and forty-eight wow. entries. There's stuff there I've never. I mean, most of the stuff there I've never heard of. Yeah. Just wacky stuff. I did notice that Astaro, uh, the Astaro security products, uh, do run in Microsoft virtual PCs. So if somebody wanted to, you know, Astaro, of course, being one of our hosts, and, um, and, and, and sponsors, the and one of
0: and, and a great many Linuxes. In fact, I would say. A lot of these fourteen hundred are are just Linux distros.
1: Actually, and, and and I think that, of course, well, I mean, we know that Windows runs in in Microsoft's virtual PC. Right. They formally support it, but and so you're right. Most of these are Linuxes. But I mean, look at all the Linuxes. Netware and uh, and uh, NetBSD, BSD, Plan yep. Nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Now it, it is interesting too because. If people are interested in in virtual PC for the purpose of running Linux, there are little no's in the columns. I mean, mostly Mm -hmm. everything is yeses. I would say like 95, 96% of these 1,448 wacky versions of different OS's are yeses. So so clearly this shows us that that this is a good emulation of a PC that that OSs way beyond Windows are still able to run much as they were before Microsoft acquired it. So Microsoft has apparently done nothing obvious to to hurt virtual PC to make it non Windows friendly, however, you know, they're just not formally supporting it. So right. but but my point is that if you, you, you might look at this list, this vpc.visualwind.com dot com list, if you were interested in, in making sure that a specific OS that you wanted to host worked. Now, all that said, uh I don't think virtual PC is probably the right answer. Oh, after all uh, um, that after all that, I, I mean, I, I wanted to cover it. I told people I, I would take a good look at it and compare it to VMware. Now, it's got some benefits. First of all, it's a much smaller, lighter weight download and installation than VMware. Um, the, the Virtual PC 2004, which is the current edition, is 18 megs, whereas, for example, VMware... Uh, and this is VMware uh, Server, which is their free version. Workstation is still you have to pay for, but the the VMware Server, which is free as is Virtual PC, is 145 megs. Wow! So it's it's much bigger. Wow, that's ten times bigger. Well and I had mentioned also when we were talking about the VM the free VMware player which is sort of a read only version of VMware and I talked about how you know it it really whacks your system I mean it's a it's a substantial ins- thing that you're installing and you know uh, virtual adapters appear in your in 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 your network list of of network adapters i mean it it really gets into your system and and sinks its teeth in so and and basically the the player does that in a read only fashion you're essentially installing the whole vmware system you just don't have the ability to create uh, virtual machines from scratch using that tool whereas their vmware server product does so So back to Microsoft's virtual PC, the, the thing that it lacks, that is sort of the, 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 the Achilles heel for many people is that it provides um, no USB support. and I see mm, I see pe- people people Achilles here yeah. it really is yeah. people are complaining about that. All over the place. I mean, it it has a a very nice a sort of a simplified user interface. It supports um, internal networking. You you can run multiple virtual machines, and they're able to talk to each other. They they can be behind a virtual NAT. It's got virtual uh, DHCP. Um, for allowing these machines to acquire their own addresses, or I remember that last in our last Q and A, a listener asked, Hey, if I wanted to run a virtual machine server and I had a server running on my host, the, the external OS, and both were like web servers, who would get the web request? Well, it is possible with all of these products to let the virtual machine have an ip that's public hmm. so so different requests could go to 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 the guest OSs running in the containers or to the hosting platform
0: mm-hmm.
1: depending on what you want i mean there are, it's it's got plenty of features one thing it does which is fortunate is it does support sound so it will emulate your sound that is the microsoft's virtual pc will emulate your sound card but it does not support usb that seems such a big deal frankly Well, and what I really – I mean, the feeling that you get when – as you sort of look at this is that they're virtual – they really did get this for the server side. Hmm. And, and for example, the server side does not support sound because the presumption is, well – who needs sound in a server room? You know, you're 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 running service, you know, servers on big hardware in a data center somewhere. You don't need things binking and bonking and you know media player support right, and so right, forth. Right. So, so so I think they must have. It, it sort of feels to me like virtual PC as well. We want this because. Maybe we want to compete with VMware over on you know on the desktop platform, but you're right. It's it seems it's certainly one has to imagine if Microsoft is going to move this forward, that that USB support will be something they will immediately be adding. Isn't there some question about whether they're going to move this forward though? There really is because they we we do know that that what they what they bought from Connectix, of course, was originally Mac hosted. And so, you know, you and I've talked about virtual PC on the Mac for a long time overall at on on the G5 side you know the 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 non-intel the earlier Macs that was the way of running windows on one of the Macs and many people did it it worked they installed windows and they were okay well microsoft has said that's the end of the line for that product right. virtual They're virtual that one yeah well and virtual pc will not be ported over to the new mac intel pro duo Platforms, all you know, all this right. new generation of of Intel-based Mac, which which to me seems that it's well, it, it's sort of like also. I think I, they, they've they've abandoned IE on on the Mac, also, haven't they? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you no, know, that, that made sense because there was a, an equivalent. I guess it's the same on the uh, for the for the virtual PC. There there are better solutions. There's parallels. There will be VMware.
1: Well, exactly, and we now know that, it, it, as you said, that VMware is going to be moving over to the Mac, and that though at the virtual machines that are created over on the Intel side will will be cross platform compatible so you'll be able to you know install Windows XP in a in a virtual machine under VMware on 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 top of a regular Intel um Windows installation and then just copy those those virtual machine files over to the Mac and open you know like open exactly the same instance of windows over there Mm -hmm. so so it it feels a bit like like microsoft doesn't care that much now the other real problem aside from no usb support is it is clearly slower it it used to be much speedier um that's ironic
0: because the hardware now is supporting it better
1: well, it exactly I mean it, it the, the hardware provides, as we've talked about, much better virtual machine hardware level support for for doing these things. Microsoft has apparently said that well, we had to we had to add all of our a trustworthy, uh, trustworthy computing platform technology, and that's what slowed it down. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> well, but I got to say, I mean, I, uh, side-by-side comparison, I, I, I've, been, I've been using virtual PC and VMware server, that is the free version of VMware, side-by-side, it is clearly the case that VMware is faster. Mm-hmm there's just i mean it it's it's you, there's like these long periods of time where nothing seems to be happening i mean the installation of uh, of xp which i did just yesterday was like okay what what is ha- what is going on <laughs> uh, i mean th- this is on a dual xeon seriously strong machine dual dual xeon processor you know hyper-threaded uh two gigs of ram it's like whoa mm. uh, t- i don't know where it went but yeah. uh, it, it was really really slow so um however v- uh, vmware's server product the free one also, does not support USB what? or or sound. Do, oh. Doesn't even have sound. Well, that would uh, that would uh, kind of
0: support what you said, which is this is for a server, and it's exactly. something you don't need.
1: And 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 just sort of in general, you know. So their so Microsoft has their virtual server. I think their their virtual server two thousand five is their server l- sort of l- profiled VM solution. Right. Just as VMware has their has their vmware server solution neither have USB or sound support, so the desktop solution and, I, and so basically i've I've come back around to being glad that I originally bought and invested in the vMware workstation solution because it offers strong USB support and sound i mean it you know it's a it's a complete desktop solution but it's not free so I guess that I've, you know, virtual PC is, if, if someone wants to experiment with virtualization on their machine, it's a smaller download. It does give you sound, does not support USB devices. Um, and it's got a performance problem. It's funny too, because it, it's funny because I'm seeing people talking about using virtual PC to host Vista. No. Now, can you imagine? No. Unless you have a lot of time. (laughs) Not recommended. I mean, uh, I gave a presentation uh, on Sunday to the North Orange County Computer Club, and the person who was presenting before me was showing, uh, sort of giving the club a first look at Vista and talking about how, people are are really complaining about what a resource hog vista is mm-hmm. and in fact Jer- jerry pornell's current column talks about this and it's not even clear that you can run it on a on a motherboard with integrated graphics because you know i mean you, you need some add-on monster you know th- graphics card with its own fans and well and, you could run it you just couldn't get the Aero glass interface stuff and, exactly yeah you'd have I mean, to get it, up it, in the interface it really is i guess you know very aggressive in terms of, of the resource it need the resources it needs and so you know the notion of running it inside of virtual pc or even windows xp itself is like oh it's just dragging along it's like oh okay well i mean for one thing i don't think that would be a fair it would it would not be it would not give you a fair sense for what vista was running it inside virtual pc yeah. because for the, you know the the container itself is much slower than the machine on which you're running it natively right right so you know so i, I wouldn't i would not recommend using virtual pc to host you know a, a test install of vista or you know <laughs> you'll be doing it for a week just to get vista booted you'll say this is slow this operating system's too slow to use Yep. Yeah. yeah. So so I really I mean Virtual PC is free. You get what you pay for. You you get sound but no USB support. It's a smaller download. It I mean it's got a simple, nice sort of comfortable user interface. But, you know, and maybe, for example, for just browsing the web, Uh, certainly a web browser is not going to be, you know, super resource intensive. On the other hand, we've got Sandboxy, which we talked about a couple episodes ago, which is an extremely nice zero overhead containment for IE, Netscape, Mozilla, Opera, you know, any of the mainstream browsers. It runs on all of them. And so it's a perfect solution if you just want to do, you know, safe Internet surfing.
0: Uh, So, really, it's only real advantages. It's free.
1: Yes, I would say certainly one of the one of the applications people have for virtual machine technology is messing around with other OSs. For example, Windows users, I know mean, everything we're talking about here is Windows hosted, so Windows users who want to experiment with Linux, who want to f- experiment with FreeBSD, mm-hmm. who, you know, who don't want to commit the hardware or dual boot or anything, but they're just sort of curious. Now, there's a perfect uh, solution Because in those, in, you know, in, in where you're wanting to mess around with one of those OSs, oh, you could argue that USB and sound support are less important. And, and certainly VMware formally supports the installation of Linuxes, whereas virtual PC is arguably, you know, non-Windows hostile. So I think that makes more sense o- over on that side. So <laughs> no, overall, I Windows would ha- hostile. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would have to say that overall, you know, I I looked at the at Microsoft's virtual PC offerings, and I have to say, Leo, when I started off, I was. Already, you know, knowing I was going to be talking about this, I, I could hear myself saying, "Well, you know, Linux. I mean, you know, Linux. You know, Leo. <laughs> yeah. You can call me I'm Linux gonna, if you want. I'm just going to call you Linux now. <laughs> you know, Leo. I, I I I was sort of rehearsing, saying, I you know everyone knows I'm no apologist for Microsoft, and I'm you know I'm I, I take them to task when I when I feel that's what they need, but this virtual PC is smaller, lighter, you know, just seems really no, nice. You didn't have to rehearse I, that actually. I know I. <laughs> I didn't because, you know, when I actually tried to when I actually tried to use it and install XP
0: and it's like, oh,
1: my I think it's just antiquated. God,
0: really, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's an old technology that they bought and really haven't kept up to date That's all.
1: And, and it is. It doesn't have their real focus. Yeah. And it, it's free. You know how, you know, it's like not like Microsoft is big on giving things away for free and There's a reason so, they're giving it away. Exactly. And so you have to wonder if it's like, well, you know, they really have this for server virtualization that's where their focus is or as the guy uh, um, the microsoft person originally said uh, three years ago we just got this because we wanted old nt stuff right to be able to run on our latest platforms that's fair you know that said vmware has the free player it's got all those appliances
0: it's really it is- worth spending the money it's not that expensive and, and it, boy you get so much benefit
1: well, and certainly you can. In fact, I'm sure the workstation has a, a a free evaluation version that would allow you to play with with the fully enhanced version. USB support, sound support, you know, explicit support for Linuxes and non Windows OSs. Oh yeah, you and can
0: totally get a free serial number and try it out.
1: Absolutely, yep. yeah. And and they'll be moving it over to the to the Mac also, so you've got that cross platform transportability. Overall, you know, I I wanted to pursue. You know, what's Microsoft got up their sleeve? Uh, I'm back and happy with VMware, and everyone now knows why. <laughs> you know, it was great that you mentioned that
0: uh, VMware will
1: run Astaro
0: because, uh, as as you said, Astaro uh, has been our sponsor for some time. Uh, and it just shows you it's really it's open source uh, software based on Linux, and uh, that's that's one of the reasons we like Astaro so much. Astaro, A-S-T-A-R-O, makes the Astaro Security Gateway Line of Network Security Compliances offering complete protection from network, web, and email security threats. I have one, and I love it, the 120. Visit them on the web at ASTARO.com. But I also want to remember, uh, remind you, rather, that uh, uh, for those of you listening to, listening to us, Astaro is offering a free demo unit to test and protect their networks. So call 877-427-8276. Say you heard it on security now, and you can have a free unit to test. 877-427-8276. Or visit A-S-T-A-R-O dot com. Uh, it's a demo unit, of course. Eventually you'll have to give it back. But uh, it's a great way to find out what a Staro's security gateway can do for you. They'll ship it to your office or, or your business in a single business day. Call 877-427-8276. And remember to mention security now. So you, you decided that really the best thing to do is stick with VMware uh, on uh, have you been using Parallels at all on your Mac?
1: I have not. Um, so I, I would I love to did. get your
0: impression of that.
1: Yep, and, and I do have it. I upgraded it recently, and uh, so I do intend to. Um, at this point, is the beta for the support for the 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 uh, next generation of virtual uh, I think it's uh, ver- still in virtual data. machine? I don't ca- think they have okay. released
0: it. Uh, at least as we're recording, I don't think they've released it yet. Okay, um, uh, they're still in the release candidate
1: stage. Uh, but it's pretty amazing it's pretty impressive well it'll be interesting to see whether the mac version of vmware is for pay or is free yeah um, no i don't think they'll give that away you think they will they might i don't know
0: wow that would be that would be very aggressive
1: Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it seems unlikely that they would because I would imagine that they're taking it seriously. They really want to be VMware on the Mac, not just sort of something they happen to have lying around. Certainly, it's an investment for them to do this, and I imagine they'll, they'll, they'll go the full support route of with all the features of the system much as they have for their workstation well product. and i think
0: that they they saw parallels marching into their territory and said "No, wait we do that and right I, and i think they think they can do a better job and and you know i wouldn't be surprised i certainly will look at it and i know you will and uh, even though this is our last of our series on virtualization i have a feeling we might revisit it when vmware for the mac comes out i'd love oh. for you to do a virtualization on the mac seg- uh show You've got to power uh, the new Mac. Uh, yeah, Pro. I, have no excu- I have no excuse. I have no not excuse not to whatsoever. <laughs> Not to. I hear uh, uh, you got some pretty neat uh, Spinwright mail the other day. I wanted to ask you well, Yeah, i
1: Yeah, in fact, I, I, I mentioned it last week. I couldn't find this letter, but it was it, the thing that made me think of it was that it was a it was a Security Now listener. Well, he, he, he writes uh, the topic was another save by Spinrite! exclamation <laughs> <laughs> point. We love those letters. I uh, did, and actually, Leo, I have to say, I've I don't know what's going on, but maybe hard disks are having more trouble in the last month. But I've been getting a lot of mail from people who are who are finding real success with spinright He says he says dear Steve please add my name to your long list of happy customers my laptop which i need tomorrow to teach my anatomy and physiology class would not boot up properly. It took twenty minutes to get to my desktop, and everything I tried to do had three or four minute delay. The computer was unusable. I called Dell and the tech walked me through the Dell diagnostics. The hardware all passed, including the hard drive. I was unable to use system restore, it crashed. The next step was to reinstall XP and of course all my programs. Fortunately my data was backed up mostly. Still I had hopes I had hours and hours of drudgery before me. Before taking that drastic measure, I thought I might try the SpinWrite utility. To be honest, I bought SpinWrite as a way to thank you for your outstanding Security Now podcast, which has brought me so much enjoyment. I was afraid it would require more expertise than I had to run it, but the program is very well designed. I'm not making this up for you. The program is very well designed to guide the user through the necessary options. I booted up from the Spinrite CD and went to the recovery choice number two. Then I left it alone. I came back later and saw one of the sectors was bad. Spinrite chewed on it for a bit and then was finished. I booted up without the CD and Windows ran check disk and up came my login. My laptop is now working perfectly. Oh, that's a nice feeling. He says, when I took math in college, I learned that some theorem proofs are so beautiful, they're called <laughs> elegant. Well, Spinrite is an elegant utility. It is. It he is. says, it sure saved me tonight. Thank you so much for security now, and thanks for Spinrite. No one who owns a computer should be without it. Sincerely, Russ Palmieri. Thank you, And I, I, wrote, I wrote back to Russ. I said, would you mind if I use your name? He says, I would be proud to have oh, my name associated nice. with Spinrite. Well, thank you, Russ. I think that's wonderful. I mean, it's kind of a neat story
0: because he bought it just to support you, but ended up using it. Uh, you don't require that, by the way.
1: No, no, <laughs> no, no. In fact, need it. In fact, it. <laughs> in, 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 in fact I, I all my the whole goal here of, of mentioning SpinRight in the podcast. I just I want to plant the seed in people's minds that you know when something happens. No, consider Spinrite. Think about it. When because you, it. you know When you need it, um, it's there. Uh, we I, I wrote, I got another letter from someone who said that they had a Mac store that had a problem. They ran Mac store's own diagnostics that said, this is dead. Return it to the factory. But they had so much stuff on the drive not backed up that they said, uh, grabbed a copy of Spinrite, it fixed the drive. Wow, that's pretty. So, uh, we should probably say that if the drive
0: is physically damaged, nothing's going to fix it. Uh, but if, you, that, if the drive can be recovered, Spinrite can do it.
1: That's exa- I think that's, that's, that's exactly the case. If anything can recover the data from the drive, Spinrite is the thing that can.
0: Spinrite.info, S-P-I-N-R-I-T-E.info for more of those testimonials. And, of course, GRC.com is Steve's site if you want to. Uh, get the show notes, the 16-kilobit version of this show for the download impaired. He also offers transcripts, thanks to Elaine, A tip of the hat to Elaine, and uh, and a great discussion board where you can talk about security matters, not to mention a host of free security software, grc.com. As long as you're headed to the web, I encourage you to visit twit.tv. In fact, go to our new Dell Picks page. Uh, we thank again Dell for being a great sponsor on the show and uh, supporting us. Uh, we have some uh, picks I've, I've picked out. I mentioned the uh, 24-inch monitor because I know, Steve, you, you love that monitor. But uh, there's some great machines as well. Uh, a laptop. Uh, a very slick-looking laptop, the XPS 1710. And then uh, for uh, for <laughs> more practical people, the Dell XPS 410 computer, which which can go from the PennyMD all the way up to a Core 2 Duo, so you get your choice of hardware. It's state-of-the-art technologies at a very affordable price. As usual, Dell makes the best stuff. Dell is online at our site. In fact, we'd appreciate it if you'd show your support for TWIT by uh, using that site. When you go to Dell, just go to TV. Slash Dell and click the links there. Um, thanks for their support. I think are we done with virtualization? Have we covered this in every possible aspect?
1: For now, I think we've. <laughs> for now, been, for now, we, uh, you know we we have a great foundation now listeners who've been following along since we opened the topic you know understand where the state of the art is today certainly as sandboxing technology evolves as for example as VMware moves to the Mac I imagine we'll come back and and touch on it many times in the future because it's a it's a very potent security and privacy application remember too that not just for security but there's a great concern that That web browsing leaves traces, leaves footprints. Privacy, yes. Yes, on your machine. So, Sandboxy again is a beautiful, lightweight solution. If you needed to do some some use of somebody else's, uh, like uh, the use of the internet on somebody else's machine that you didn't control, you really wanted to make sure you left no trace behind. You could quickly install Sandboxy. On their machine, it, it, is, it is a lightweight, small installation. Then use the browser sandboxed, knowing that no changes to the registry, to the hard drive, or, 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 of, or anywhere in their system will be permanent after you close that down. Yeah. So, yeah. great solutions. I, you know, we'll certainly have virtual machine technology always sort of flying around here, um, and touch on it when something happens. Very good. I do uh,
0: thank you for uh, all the work. That you do Steve for, for us and invite everybody to go to grc.com and spin right out info to find out more and join us next week as we talk more about security. Do you know yet what we're going to talk about or is it it's a, a to be a surprise, it's a surprise for everyone? Surprise for us all. <laughs> Get to work, Steve. Come up with a topic. We'll see you next Thursday and every Thursday. We're so glad you've joined us on Security Now. Security Now!